0: Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Samuel Timothy.
1: And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, we talked about channel selection when it comes to your marketing strategy um, and the way that you should think about it and probably some ways that you shouldn't think about it. We do get a lot of questions from, from listeners, from companies, prospects, clients about you know which channel is best for this, which channel is best for that a lot of short-term mindsets some long-term mindsets Um, and so we just walk you through our process about you know how we go about channel selection and what questions you should really be asking yourself before you decide which channel is going to be most effective for that particular campaign or strategy so please give us a like subscribe uh, to the podcast wherever you're listening and enjoy the episode
0: So Taylor, today we want to actually talk about you know, some of the common conversations we have with uh, business leaders, especially when they come to us asking for help on a you know, uh, marketing strategy, and typically they already self-diagnosed what they believe is the problem with their marketing or their lack sure. of leads, and then they tend to prescribe their own medications and go straight into recommendation of what they think should be done in terms of uh, marketing and usually that leads to them recommending a channel that they believe is the right uh right approach to promote or market their business you know oh we want to do seo you know we we think you know we don't have enough traffic or leads so we think we should start with seo or hey we just need leads right now our sales pipeline is very low you know we need to fill our pipeline with some qualified opportunities we need we need our google ads to run very quickly how how fast can you get the google ads campaign live
2: mm-hmm. um, so
0: those sort of conversations i mean is it's embarrassing to admit it, but it happens very, very frequently. Mm-hmm. So with those sort of you know, conversations happening in, within organizations where leaders are actually proposing, hey, let's go hire an SEO agency and let's start doing some SEO or hire a PPC agency, let's start doing some paid search. And especially coming to the end of the year, those conversations are probably happening a lot more. So I think today would be a great, great opportunity for us to just kind of discuss, you know, defining what really a channel is and, and why a channel is not a strategy.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you get, uh, you know, that conversation all the time and and ultimately it comes from, I would say, you know, unin, uninformed, you know, marketers or people that are in marketing positions that, you know, maybe they're, you know, typically a VP of sales and they've, you know, they're wearing multiple hats and now they're trying to take over marketing or it's a, you know, a CEO who doesn't you know completely understand marketing. And what happens is obviously you have kind of surface level information. So, you you hear a buzzword or you talk to a, a colleague or a friend who, you know, had experience and you know they they've done marketing and you just kind of get the the cliff notes version of it, right? It's like, well, what worked for you? Uh, you know, we used to spend a lot of money on Google Ads. Like, okay, Google Ads, that's what we need. We need Google Ads. Um, and in reality, there's a lot more to it than just channel selection. I mean, channel selection is just the the delivery method of what you're gonna use to to leverage and to get your message out there. So Um, you need to look at all the components and and understand who is your target demographic? Uh, what is, what message, you know, are we trying to get across? What's going to be the most effective way to communicate, uh, what we're trying to communicate and then which channel is going to be the best delivery channel in order to get that there. Uh, you have to look at the full kind of buyer's journey, right? Uh, in terms of awareness, consideration, decision, um, and channel selection, messaging, Um, you know, what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish is going to be different for each one of those. So I guess first let's kind of define what we, what we look at as a channel. Um, You know, there's tons of different, you know, we talk about buzzwords, right? There's tons of different acronyms and different ways people look at channels. Uh, One that we hear quite often that we kind of use is uh, Peso, paid, earned, shared, and and owned media. Um, So you look at that and and you look at something like paid, right? Paid is obviously anything that you're, you're paying for. It's hundred percent pay to play. Um, commonly, you know, common paid channels would be, um, Google search ads, um, you know, display, remarketing, YouTube ads, uh, social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, probably the most common, uh, common paid channels, uh, that you would look at. Obviously, For a lot of companies, there's paid sponsorship opportunities. Anything along those lines could be considered a paid channel. Um, Basically, anything that you pay for, and then when you stop paying for, it goes away. I would consider a paid channel. Um, Earned media is a a little bit different. So, earned media is basically mentions or um, yeah, mentions about your brand, mentions about your company from somebody else. So, earned media is something that you you know you quite literally earn, right? Um, you see this probably more often. I know this is a B2B podcast, but it's sometimes something easier to, to visualize in the B2C world. Like an earned media would be, you know, you create a new product, um, you're getting tons of traction and, you know, you get picked up in an article or you had a, you know, an influencer or somebody tried your product and they, you know, tweeted about it or shared it on Instagram or something like that. That's kind of earned media. It's something that is being, you know, in in theory is being naturally kind of um i guess picked up because of your you know your awareness in the in the market right um shared media i mean this is something i'd love to get your kind of opinion on that it's it's for me it's similar uh to earned. i guess it would just be something that is basically like a retweet or something like that would be looking at something as shared is like you've created the first party content and then it's being shared by somebody else whereas you know earned media is like third party content right yeah um i don't know if you have any yeah any I, mean, I think it is both right it, it,
0: it could be your internal stakeholders sharing the content that the marketing or sales team produced or right. even uh you know some other other you know other industry leaders reposting the content that you already shared uh, all of which actually can be defined as shared media um yeah. and i think it uh, ultimately is it's, it's organically spread as opposed to, you know, being, you know, sponsored or promoting other means.
1: Right. Um, and then the other, you know, the other owned letter media. in the acronym is O is owned media, um, which is, I would define as anything you, any web properties you own. So any content on your website, any content on your social profiles, anything that you're creating, like I said before, that first party you know, content, first party data. That's all owned media, and um, I would even put an
0: email list in your email. Uh, yeah, distribution anything you own, yeah, within within that category.
1: Yeah, that's a great great point. Um, you know, from majority of our clients in the B two B space, their their contact database, their CRM is really their most valuable asset. Um, so owned is like you know it's it's an easy route uh, when people are kind of evaluating options when they hear when you hear about owned, it, I think it. It resonates with a lot of business owners, CEOs, even if you don't understand marketing, because they understand investing into their own infrastructure, right? Like they want to own the intellectual property. They want to own anything they're doing. And so own media is something that uh, is is an easier kind of correlation for people to really understand if you're not fully understanding marketing. Um, And also, you know, that's why, like you said, you look at those, evaluate those options. Without evaluating the strategy, you're just looking at on paper paid, earned, shared, uh, owned. You say, okay, owned. Well, what what's owned channels? Our website. Um, how do we get more visibility to our website? You know, SEO. SEO is the way to go. We're going to invest into our own website, our own content, and try to get people organically to our website. Um, and that's great, but it's just not painting the whole picture, right? So, let's start with kind of evaluating how how we develop a strategy, and then look at how we you know, select channels. So, um, Sam, do you want to kind of, I guess, just walk through Uh, where we start when, you know, a client comes to us and they've hired us and they say, great, you know, one IMS, I want you to help us, uh, you know, market to our customers. Uh, you know, we want to generate new, new customers, leads, customers, all those kind of things. So where's the first place to start?
0: Yeah, I would say, you know, we definitely take our clients through our framework that we've created. Uh, Essentially it's a, it's a framework that we call a growth formula framework, which is acquisition plus retention equals growth. And on the acquisition side of that equation is basically creating brand awareness, capturing existing demand, or creating demand for your product or services. So if you start there on the acquisition side of the equation, you have creating awareness channels or creating demand channels or capturing existing demand channels. So oftentimes I think when Clients are jumping to, let's say, oh, I want to do SEO or I want to do paid search. Or what they really are saying, hey, we think we're in an established market. There's already an existing demand for our product. People are actively looking. We see our competitors advertising online uh, and we see them all the time on Google search ads. So we want to do Google ads. What they really are saying, hey, is we want to capture the existing demand from the market. And what is the most efficient and effective way to reach those people that are actively looking that that we can get in front of those people that buyers right at the yep. moment of uh, a decision making process so you talked earlier about the buyer's journey that's usually you know kind of the end of that buyer's journey they're already in the decision making phase of trying to decide which partner or product or a company to choose to move forward with
2: right hey thanks for listening solomon here are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads you're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified, or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, All right. Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy. Sometimes uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation, or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com. And fill out one of our forms, talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right, so thank you for listening. And let's get back to our topic for the day. Yeah, no.
1: And we, we talk about that, you know, at the beginning is like, if you truly want to be buyer centric, you have to align your marketing strategy with how your buyers make purchase decisions. Um, And so that's the reason, as you mentioned, we look at it not in the sense of what channels it's more of what does that buyer's journey look like? How do people become aware of the problem? How do they become aware of a solution? How do they start their research how do they you know do their due diligence how do they make decisions what's important to them and take that whole kind of customer journey that buyer's journey and then align our marketing messaging and strategy with that right so you mentioned there's really you know in terms of getting in front of your audience there's really only two ways you can do that you can either capture the existing demand that is out there um you know people know this is a like you said maybe this is an established market People go to Google uh, and they, and it might not even be Google, right? Let's, let's take channel out of it for now. Um, they're, they, they know what they're looking for and they know how, where to go to find their potential vendor, or whatever product or service you're selling. Um, whatever that process is to, in order to capture that demand, you need to get in front of them. Right? So uh, you, we want to get in front of the people that are actively searching for your solution. The flip side of that coin is, okay, how do, you know, the people that are not actively searching, well, then we need to create some awareness and generate some demand, right? So we have to kind of simultaneously introduce them to our offering and then uh, drive demand for whatever it is that we're offering. So again, you have to look at where do our ideal customer profiles, what are personas, where do they, where do they hang out? Where do they spend their time? Where do they consume information? How do they find, I don't know, how do they do their research? um, And then look at ways that you can get in front of them. Um, So that's, you know, on the, like you said, traffic building, brand building side of uh, getting people basically to your website or getting in front of them and and converting them. Um, So let's look at those and kind of dissect that, right? So the easy example is, like we said, it's an established market. Um, you're selling widgets or whatever, you're selling, you know, widgets, uh, XYZ, uh, and somebody is currently in the market for widgets XYZ. So they go um, to Google and they search for widget XYZ manufacturer, provider, you know, reseller, whatever they're searching for. Um, Now we want to show up, right? So this is where we come start with the strategy of channel selection, right? So we know Google is is the you know channel. Then we look at okay, how many different ways can we show up for, so for Google? So we look at what people are searching. So you kind of you do keyword research around all the different search terms that are in this scenario more bottom middle to bottom of the funnel, um, more buyer intent related, uh, and we define how many searches are there a month. Um, who shows up? What are the you know what is the competition? Is there a big variation in what shows up depending on the actual intent of that search? Um, what are the actual, uh, SERP results, uh, search engine results page, um, different variations show up, right. Uh, are there, are there search ads, product listing ads, shopping ads, um, you know, is there what's called the, the local maps pack, uh, meaning localized listings. If it's a proximity based type search, um, organic results, how far down on the page do the organic results show up? Is there a featured snippet? Um, you know, there's tons of different, you know, I think there's 11 or 15 or something like that, different variations of results that could show up. So you look at that, you look at what the the buyer is accustomed to, you look at kind of the meaning behind that intent of those different search terms. And then you start to define, okay, where do we want to show up and what's, what is required of us in order to show up? Right? So if we're talking about Google ads in particular, Um, again, it could be just a normal search ad could be a product listing ad. What is the the cost per click, right? Um, there's tons of different tools that can, can estimate an average, you know, cost per click for that search term. Uh, you can use Google keyword planner. You can actually build out the campaigns and look at, you know, what you could do a small test just to see basically what is that cost per click Uh, ahead of time. You can start to do some math, right? So you could say, Hey, there's you know, a thousand searches a month for this and it's, um, you know, $2 a click or $10 a click or, you know, 30, 40, it doesn't matter what it is. You can start to do the math in your head of, <clears throat> you know, if we, uh, get a hundred clicks, you know, how much is a hundred clicks going to cost us? Or, you know, how much is 500 clicks going to cost us? And you start to look at some, you know, 2%, 3% conversion rates and basically do the math of, you know, is it going to be cost effective for this to happen? Right? Because if we're talking about a, bottom of the funnel, Google search ad campaign, typically, you know, companies are looking for, um, results in the sense of our cost per lead or probably more importantly, cost per acquisition. Is that sustainable? So you just have to kind of do some quick, you know, rough math on if I had 10 leads, how many of them would I close? Um, you know, if you close 30% of inbound leads or 40% of inbound leads, um, you know, that would, for a lot of companies, would be pretty good, uh, but you'd look at, okay, if I close 30% of inbound leads, uh, what is the value of those leads? What is my average order size? Um, could be measured in initial order, could be measured in annual contract value, could be measured in lifetime value, it depends on every customer, every company, you know, subscription-based business is gonna measure it different than a you know, project-based manufacturing company, something along those lines. So do that math for your own company, Uh, And then basically, you know, again, before you even run the campaigns, you can, you can have that conversation of like, are we willing to pay a hundred dollars for each lead? Right. Or are we willing to pay a thousand dollars to acquire a customer? Or maybe it's, you know, maybe you do the math and you're paying 10 cents a click and you look at it and you say, Hey, it's, we can generate leads for $25 a lead. And we close (laughs) 50% of them so you know we're acquiring customer for 50 bucks right or we close 20 25 so we're we're acquiring customer for you know 100 bucks that's that's quick math you can do uh, if there's enough search volume if there's enough data on the the ads right but that's one way you go about channel selection or potentially determining whether or not you're willing to pay for that um just on that one channel but then we're also looking at google as a channel in general, right? And we're kind of breaking it down in terms of paid versus organic. Um, so I would also look at that and say, okay, well, if this is how much it's going to cost for us to generate paid ads, uh, obviously we want to see if that's a sustainable way to to generate leads, generate business. But we also know, hey, there's, you know, if there's a thousand searches a month and, you know, number one position in Google ads gets, uh, you know, 15% or 20% click-through rate, you know, like where, where are all the other people clicking, right? Where are they going? So then you look at potential for organic. It's a completely different subset of that audience, right? The person who clicks on the number one paid ad, you know, doesn't typically click on that paid ad, go through and then like go back and go to the organic results, right? They're like living in that paid ad space. Uh, and so they're, they might click on that, fill out the form, go to the next one, click, click on that, fill out the form. So maybe they fill out the form on the top two to three ads. Um, but they're not playing in the organic space. Like the people that scroll down through organic, and this is what we found, some of it is anecdotal. So there is some data from Google that suggests like people that click on ads, click on ads, people that click on organic, click on organic. But if you just talk to anybody, right, again, they use a little bit of common sense here is like everybody you talk to, they'll say, well, I never click on the ads, right? And that's so that kind of proves the point it's like if you just focus on ads, even though it's the same. It's the same activity, the same action someone is taking, they go and they search for uh, widget XYZ manufacturer. There's two different people that do that. If you only are focused on that paid ad, you're missing, you know, the second person who's never clicks on the paid ads, right? So then you start evaluating organic and there's a whole nother, you know, subset of uh, variables you have to decide whether or not, it, you know, is it realistic for us to show up here? Uh, what are the top Two, three, four positions. What are they doing well? What is their domain authority? What does their website look like? What level of content do they have uh, for these this different topic? How long have they ranked for these topics? So there's a whole different set of evaluations that need to happen, even within that same action in the buyer's journey of someone bottom of the funnel searching for your solution um, in that one channel of Google, right? Now, do people search on YouTube? Uh, maybe they don't even go to Google and search. Maybe they, you know, maybe you're in the manufacturing space and they go directly to Thomasnet, or maybe you're in the software space and they go to G2 Crowd, right? Because they want to evaluate different software. Uh, wherever your audience goes with active intent to make a purchasing decision, or at least you know, middle to bottom of the funnel, that's where you should start evaluating which platforms or channels can you potentially get in front of, and then go through that process of, like I just said, of evaluating the, the, the cost effectiveness. And then you have to start looking at the messaging, uh, the targeting capabilities and parameters, um, the, the path to purchase or conversion, all of that has to be evaluated. So it's much, much more complex and nuanced than just uh, we need more traffic to our website. So let's do SEO or let's do paid, right? And that's just, I'm just going through one example there of all the things that I would kind of think about when evaluating that one one search term, right? Now you again you open that back up to the whole buyer's journey and there's a lot more to evaluate.
0: Yeah, and if you think about it, <clears throat> we talked about the awareness, you know, act, you know, the capture existing demand and create awareness and demand. And in, within that, we just only talked about the paid strategy of what you can do potentially, right? And what you can essentially do with owned media and your paid media, just one of paid media efforts, yeah. which would just be Google ads. So that we've even scratched the surface on all of the things you can do on capture existing demand, right? And then now, yeah. if you if you're thinking about creating awareness and demand, now you're just even broadened even more in terms of all the possible scenarios that you have to to think about. Uh, you know, it's not just what you described in terms of okay, justifying the investment based on whether or not that channel makes sense, right? Using paid ads to drive new business, right. not just justifying that part, but also now you have to you know think think across all these different things you could possibly do and figuring out which one of those things are the most most, you know, proper, the efficient way for this particular business to, to market themselves.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of variables that impact that, but like the more nuanced your, your, I mean, there's a number of different ways, right. You could look at it as like the more nuanced it is, the more new it is, the more education that's required. Uh, typically the wider, you know, spanning, that strategy has to be right like we if we we have to really focus on creating awareness and education we're going to need paid earned shared owned all of that times 100 right because uh we have to get in front of our audience we have to build brand awareness we have to build trust we have to build demand for our product or service and for simultaneously for our organization so like a lot of things have to be happening in order to make that happen so if we just Focus on one channel is like well we're just gonna pay for this right we're just gonna try to buy the brand like that's that's just not gonna work right, um, and same thing is like if you just focus on creating content on your website and just we have a beautiful website it's interactive it's you know conversion rate optimized all these kind of things we have tons of resources downloadable assets we feel like we can really educate the audience once they're on the website like you're completely discounting how difficult it is to get the people to the website. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you get them there, like, is that the first time they've ever heard of you? That's going to be a bigger, a bigger challenge to to overcome. So um, it's not, it's, it's really never just a, you know, one channel um, selection. And then typically the more, um, again i, I mentioned it, you know whether it's an you could go one way and say really new product or service you're kind of creating and then an, you're creating a new market or a new category or even an extremely competitive one and you have to do the same thing right in order to break through that noise um you might have to do all of it and you know we've always been taught right as marketers like it takes you know seven touches or it takes 13 touches or whatever the number is right <clears throat> in order to remember a brand or to build brand awareness um, and it's no different with digital marketing. It's just a little bit easier to to track and a little bit easier to scale than it used to be, right? You don't have to show some someone a commercial, you know, seven different times or seven different ways, or you know, they don't have to drive by your billboard seven times or see your ad in the paper. Um, now you can do that within a matter of a week, right? You could show them the same thing, you know, <clears throat> in different ways in one week, right? They could. You could get a a shout out. You know, you get written up in an article on on Forbes or Business, whatever, or you know, any of these magazines or any of these online publications that your audience is reading. Uh, industry specific publication. You could get an article you know shared on on LinkedIn from a leader in the in the space. You could be a guest on someone else's podcast that has a large following in your audience. Um, <clears throat> then they go to Google and they start search, researching around. You know, hey, I heard about this software that does X, Y, and Z. Um, let me go look online and see what's going on. Let me look at competitors, alternatives. They're they're looking at you know list on G2 Crowd. You're on there. You show up organically. You show up in the ads. Um, you're using custom intent display ads, and you know because they search for something similar to you, you're showing them ads when they're you know checking ESPN on the weekend. I mean, you can do all of these different touches. Um, I I would say if you just do one of those things, it's almost probably never going to be effective, or you're going to see a small small scale of you know results from that. Um, but doing all of this at scale, those things influence each other, right? Like the best way to get earned in shared media is to create the best owned media, right? Like if you're really, really focusing on the value and the quality of your content and the value that it's promoting and the education that it's providing for your audience, people are going to pick that up. Right. And so, and then it snowballs. Like we talk about, I just mentioned podcasts or publications, like, people that are on pod, podcasts and then you hear them on another podcast and it's like, well, that guy did a great job or that girl did a great job of explaining that topic. I want to bring on my podcast or then, you know, it's an easy snowball effect. And then all of a sudden you're, you're kind of all over the place. So, um, that's, that's one thing that I would look at again is not just which channel is best is like, how do I get all of these channels to work together and influence each other? Uh, putting into perspective, how my buyers are going to make decisions and where they get their information from.
0: Yeah, and one thing I would, I kind of warn um, our listeners would be too, is like, if you're, you know, you talked about the buyer's journey and if you're just heavily focused on just search or just SEO, you're mostly focused on the bottom of funnel, which is about right. one third of the way in the funnel, right? You're not even talking about the the awareness and early stage of the buying process, the people that are mostly doing a lot of the research. And if you also think about the demand pyramid, right? And you're talking about the in-market buyer versus the out-of-market buyer. So if you think about the demand demand pyramid, and and the in-market buyers are probably about, you know, three to seven percent of the addressable market is probably in any given time is in market to buy. And if you're right. just focused on the bottom of funnel search strategy, or if you just focus on SEO alone to just capture that demand, you're only able to even account for that whatever that three to seven percent of the market that's actually actively looking to buy. Sometimes that might be sufficient for some business to reach their revenue targets, that, that might be okay. But if you really are trying to you know, establish yourself as an industry leader and capture as much of the market share as possible, just playing in that little little 3 to 7% in market buyers, you're playing in that red ocean. If you really want to be in the blue ocean, you want to be expanding your, your reach by, like you said earlier, all the different channels that you can possibly leverage to create awareness about your brand and create demand for your service offerings, right? And get people to recognize you as an industry leader and like you were saying get that trust factor in place and then all of a sudden naturally you're going to get um get shared and get uh, you know talked about and then you know you almost become synonymous with your whatever the industry offering or the product yeah. is so yeah so i think you know the the biggest takeaway would be for anyone that might be listening is you know don't start with a channel because that's you really are limiting what what is possible from a marketing strategy standpoint if you're just making your strategy be the channel and but no take a step back and figure out what exactly are we trying to accomplish here right are we trying to capture mm. existing demand and if so what really is the right way to get in front of those target audience or is the addressable market so wide and large but there's not enough people even know about the product or service or the alternative options to whatever might be in the uh, in the market and and should we then be using channels to create awareness and demand for our product offering right. so all of those things have to be thought through uh, before ever venturing into going and spend money on marketing. Sure. And um, one, one other thing I would also add is just the KPIs on each of these things also vastly differ, right? Because if you're judging on the performance of your, uh, you know, whatever marketing channels that you use to do marketing at, if you're judging all of them on the performance marketing metrics or KPI to, to measure the success of it, which is, at the end of the day, deals and leads and sales pipeline and total revenue, you know, acquired, if that's what the measure you're using for all the other channels, you might actually be, you know, doing a disservice because like you were saying, uh, being on a podcast as a guest or writing a blog or someone else reposting your content on LinkedIn, none of which is going to directly have an yep. impact on your top line growth. And you may not be able to pinpoint that. That's how you actually got a lead. But all of this actually is contributing to getting your brand to have a very center, you know, you know, center of the, the market.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's a great point. The, I mean, the in that scenario of, you know, seven, 10, 15 touches, especially over a longer period of time. Well, I guess it doesn't the time period doesn't really matter, but it's like the higher number of touches, um, the harder it's gonna be to really track those different touch points and attribution. And uh, I would say 95% of the time that attribution is going to go to direct traffic or branded search. Right. And so you might get a paid search campaign, give that, you know, get the attribution. You might be organic search. It might just be direct traffic. Um, and then, you know, you look at that and say, "Oh, 90% of our leads came from organic search. Like let's just dump all our other channels and just focus on organic search. Right. But long-term that's going to, that's going to drop off because like you just said, someone listens to you on a podcast, they did this, they did that. They saw your ad, they, you know, Washington, On YouTube they read your articles Uh, I mean I've had multiple conversations with people you know this month that um, you know they get all of our our newsletters they read our blogs they watch listen to the podcast right Um, and then they go and they just go directly to our website or they go and go to Google and search for one IMS and come and fill out the form and they want to have a a talk with us a consultation Uh, and it's great but if you just looked at that and said hey that's organic search like that's not how they originally heard about you uh that first touch and then that's not how they were kind of nurtured throughout the process in order to to get to that point um i mean we talked about in our uh, our podcast last week about you know building that brand awareness and we we talked a lot about examples of you know HubSpot and Salesforce and those type of companies it's like they they might get someone to convert uh you know someone searching for a CRM might go to Google and search for you know, best CRM software or whatever. But I guarantee you if, you know, if there's a hundred companies evaluating CRMs, uh, you know, 99% of them are going to at least look at Salesforce or have heard of what Salesforce is HubSpot starting to get into that conversation, right? Probably not 99% of companies, but, um, they're starting to get into that conversation. So, um, <clears throat> if you just look at that attribution and you just say, Hey, we get a ton of leads for people searching for Salesforce on Google and, you know, like that's fine. But the reason they know Salesforce is because all the other marketing that you're doing, um, and the success you've had over, over the years, right. And that other, you know, we've established dominance in the market. So if you're a new company trying to create a CRM, like you can't just look at that and say like Salesforce gets all this organic traffic, like let's try to get organic traffic, um, If you're just focusing like you said on that bottom of the funnel yeah you might get thrown into the mix on some of the searches but uh you're really gonna have to do some some work on the awareness side to overcome that you know the 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 gorilla that's out there of of salesforce or hubspot most certainly all right uh anything else we want to add to this uh any other pieces of information i think we covered a lot of uh yeah a lot of ground here um and hopefully as you guys are starting to evaluate you know which channels you're going to leverage um hopefully that's not the first question you ask right it's more about what is who are we trying to get in front of what is the messaging what is the approach that we're going to take um and which channels allow us that opportunity uh to get in front of the audience right so uh, if you want to talk about this more, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to talk with you uh, individually. Um, if there's topics you want us to cover in future podcasts, certainly send those in. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, please uh, give us a like. Uh, we talk about you know shared media. So please uh, share this with a friend or colleague um, and get their thoughts on it. Uh, we always appreciate it. So uh, we'll see you guys next week.
2: All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, Share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the growth marketers podcast, and I will see you next time.